worship team for leading us in a time of spirit-filled praise. Praise the Lord. Uh, the Lord is in this place. I love that, love singing that lyric right there. It just reminds us that he's in this place, he's in your place, he's in our space, and he's going to move uh, today in your space. And so praise God for that, because when Jesus shows up, he changes everything. We're still in this series that we've called Spirit-Filled Family, uh, and last week we, we changed a little bit of the language. We called it Spirit-Filled Response to Coronavirus COVID-19, and what does it look like to have a, a Spirit-Filled Response to the times that we're in, to the day that we're living in, to this crazy, uncertain, ever-changing and evolving situation? Um, and so I, got, I just felt like the Lord lead me as I was praying this week to continue in that same way of thought, to continue in that same idea and say, okay, God, we talked about spirit-filled response. Last week, we talked about the three R's. If you guys remember, go ahead and say them with me out loud. The first one is remember, right? Remember God's pattern. The second one is release control, that God is in control. We got to release that to him and trust him. And the third one is repent, Repent from sin, to turn from sin to someone, and that someone is Jesus himself, that whenever tragedy strikes your life or any time there's a moment of uncertainty, even if it's a natural disaster of some sort, Jesus tells us in Luke 13 to repent, to examine your own life and turn back to God, and this is a good time to do that. I want to take us into spirit-filled response again today, but this time I want us to look a little bit more practically at a story that I think we could relate to. They, maybe that would be the word, relate. <laughs> and we're going to look at a story in the Bible today out of Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. So we're just going to look at five verses, just a quick study here, pull out some points from this text, and I believe we can apply these. Super practical today. Let's look at this story together. If you're ready, say ready. Type in ready. If you're hungry, say let's eat. Let's eat from the word of God this morning. If you're ready to run it, say run it. Let's go ahead and run it. Let's go ahead and run it. Father, as we go ahead and run it, as we get ready to read and preach and listen and soak in this word from your word, speak to us today, God. In Jesus' name, lift up your son. Amen. Luke chapter 10, verse 38 through 42. If you're there, say, I'm there. Amen. Here we go. The scripture teaches us out of this text. Now, as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village. And a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house because she was quarantined. I mean, that actually wasn't in the scripture, my bad. Um, and, 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 and she had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving. She went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. But one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her. We're looking at a spirit-filled response, specifically in this case out of the testimony of Mary and Martha. If you're joining me right now, I want to encourage you to turn with your Bibles to Luke chapter 10, verse 38 
through 42. There's a few points that we can look at from this text that I really feel like will be helpful. The first point that I want us to see is this phrase, welcome Jesus. Welcome Jesus. Right? As we look at verse 38, it says, Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. What a point right there. While you're at home, and I'm sure a lot of you are at home, and the wisest thing for you to do is to be home. In fact, yesterday, a friend of ours, someone on our Walk Church team celebrated his birthday, and he said, all I want for my birthday is for you to stay home. <laughs> I thought that that was quite funny. Right now, trending on social media, you can use the hashtag or find a little Instagram logo that says, stay home, right? So while we're encouraged to stay home, in fact, there's billions of people that are commanded to stay home globally. What should we do? What should be the spiritual response to stay home? Welcome Jesus into your home. I couldn't think of a better way to start this in verse 38. It says, as they went on their way, the disciples say, Jesus, where, we're go- where are we going? What are we doing? Jesus says, follow me. And then there's this lady named Martha. Everybody say Martha. Martha, Martha says, let me welcome you into my house. I wonder how many houses Jesus passed before somebody said, can you come hang with me? And I really believe Jesus would look at you today and say, can I come hang out with you? I, I, I believe Jesus in the Bible is waiting for you to welcome him into your house. It says that Martha welcomed him into her house. And I want to just spend a little bit of time there just for a moment because I find so often when I hear people address and reference this familiar passage that people give Martha such a hard time when Martha was the one who had the great idea. It was Martha's idea to say, Jesus, I want to welcome you into my house. And and she does that. And what a glorious moment it is for her to do such a thing. I was reading a commentary on the Gospel of Luke from a pastor named Thabiti Anuwalbi. And he says it like this. He says, Jesus visits the house of a woman named Martha. Now, that doesn't sound like much in our day, but in Jesus' day, a Jewish rabbi or religious leader would never recognize receive hospitality by a woman this way. If the parable of the Good Samaritan, which happened directly before this, if the parable of the Good Samaritan exposes racism and, and, and sexism, right, then this text right here, this story, exposes sexism and anti-Christian ways. Our, our Lord from the beginning loves and includes women among his disciples and in his fellowship. I think that's really a cool moment right there where all the ladies should say amen and all the guys should say amen too. That the Lord, right, he welcomes into his presence, into his fellowship, men and women, adults and children, Whoever is the makeup of your home, Jesus says, can I come in? Would you welcome me in? In this case, we see it's Martha and Mary. And they also have a brother that the Gospel of John tells us about named Lazarus. And Jesus says, I would be glad to come in and hang with you. If you got all that, say, I got it. I got it. That you can welcome Jesus in. By faith, you should start every day and say, Jesus, come in. What are we going to do today? Lord, come in. I'm going to probably stay home a lot, but Jesus, you're welcome here. You're welcome in this 
place. The second point, as we keep reading into verse 39, says it like this. It says that she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. The thing I love about this next verse, verse 39, it says that Mary, when he comes in, right, when Jesus comes in, now something's going to happen. What's the right response when you welcome Jesus in? It's simply this, listen to Jesus, right? Welcome Jesus and listen to Jesus. Right here we see this modeled by Mary. Martha welcomes Jesus in. That was a good win. That was, that was the right idea. But I find it powerful and profound that Mary says, I want to listen to you. Can I listen to you, Jesus? Do you have a word for me? Every single day, hear me. Every day, God has a word for you. Every day, God has a message for you. Every day, God has a note that he's left for you. It's inside of his book, and he wants you to hear it. He loves you. He's speaking to you. Mary shows us the right re response. The right posture is to listen to Jesus. I was reading in another commentary from R. Kent Hughes. He continues to make us aware of the, the power in this moment. Right? He says, it was unheard of. For a rabbi to allow a woman to sit at his feet. And yet Jesus here is blowing up the social norms. He's blowing up the cultural boundaries. And he's saying, hey, look, whoever it is that wants to let me in and listen to me, they're going to get it. And so I think there's something to be learned here from Jesus, which is, hey, look, maybe you should, maybe you should let go of some of the things you've been, been holding on to that maybe you were taught growing up or maybe you learned in a bad way or a a poor way of thinking. Maybe you need to let go of those things. Jesus did, right? Jesus is reshaping the cultural societal norms by allowing himself to go into these women's house and to then have this woman named Mary sit at his feet and listen to him. There's something profound about listening to Jesus, right? The, if, if all you got out of this sermon today, maybe somebody later would say, hey, what'd you get when you went to church, when you logged on? And you say, man, I learned that I need to listen to Jesus. We did our job today. If you, if you come to the understanding, you know what? I got to welcome Jesus into my life. I got to welcome Jesus into my house. And then not only that, I got to listen. Y you won. You figured out the rest of your life because everything revolves around those two points. Let him in and then listen. I was, I was learning from a few pastors uh, not too long ago, and I remember uh, one of my pastor friends, he said that he, he once got invited to a very prominent meeting with a lot of authoritative officials among governing. It was a global meeting with all these leaders in the room. And my pastor friend, he said he showed up with his friend who was also a big, authoritative, powerful leader. And he said that whole meeting, the guy he was with, he didn't say anything. He just listened. And after the meeting, they went to lunch, and he said, hey, I, I was noticing, like, I was waiting for you to share, and we were sitting there, and I kept thinking, like, when are you going to, like, when are you going to jump in? And he said he taught him an important principle that day. He said, whenever you're in the room with somebody more powerful than you, you just listen. It's not my moment to share. And I think that Mary figured out the principle of the moment was I'm not here to share and talk and serve and clean and cook right now. I'm, I'm, I'm here to listen. And so I want to encourage you to create space that God may have shut things down in your life. He, he, he really may have done it, right? I, I know that God is good, and I know that he loves you much. 
that he may have allowed some of these things to happen. I'm not saying that God caused it, but I am saying that maybe he allowed it just so you could have some space to listen. We see him teaching us here the power of listening. All throughout the Bible, God's looking for people to listen. In fact, in, in, in a different story in the Gospel of Matthew, we see Jesus take three of his disciples, his VIP group, James, Peter, and John. And he takes James, Peter, and John up this mountain. It's called the Mountain of Transfiguration. And it's on this mountain that Jesus transfigures into this glorious heavenly state. His, his wardrobe changes, everything changes, right? And Peter starts freaking out as we would as well. And all of a sudden, Jesus is having a charge group Bible study with Moses and Elijah. Just think about this moment. And what does Peter do? Peter says, all right, Jesus, I got the perfect idea. I'm going to set up little houses. I'm going to start building some tents. Moses, I got a Moses house for you. Elijah, I got an Elijah house for you. Jesus, I got an Elijah house for you. Let's just all stay up here and chop up the word and get to know each other. Moses, did the sea really turn red? Elijah, did the fire really come down? Right. And all of a sudden, there's an earthquake, and God speaks from heaven. He says, Peter, listen to Jesus. In other words, stop talking. And in that moment, right after that, Moses and Elijah go back up to heaven. Jesus says, all right, we're ready to go back down. And the principle of the moment is listen to Jesus. To take space and time, even as you pray, sometimes the most powerful prayers aren't what you say, but what you hear in those moments, that God may want to drop an idea or a vision or a desire on your heart in those moments that wouldn't have happened if you would have just kept talking. So invite Jesus and welcome Jesus, and then listen to Jesus. Let's keep on reading, right? Going on into verse 40. Verse 40 says, but Martha was distracted with much serving. She went up to Jesus and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. Martha then says, hey, look, Something's off with this picture, right? Martha's like, hey, we, I welcomed you in, and now you're spending all the time with Mary. What's up with that? Do, do, do you not care? Have you ever had a Martha moment? Come on, don't be too spiritual in this room right now. Don't be too spiritual wherever you're watching this. I might be talking to some Marthas right now. Might, right now, you might be at this place where you're saying, Jesus, do you not care that I just got laid off? Do you not care that I need to provide? Do you not care that my kids need to go to schools? And I think that there's something profound about Martha's principle that she just begins talking to Jesus. She kind of calls Jesus out, which I don't know if that would be the, the right response, but I love the fact that Martha talks to Jesus. Right? I, I, what I'm trying to paint for you, if I could, is that Jesus wants this real relationship with you. He wants you to welcome him into your house, Listen to him speak, and then share with him what's on your heart. Talk to Jesus. Talk to him. You, you can let him know. This text is a great example that you can let your burdens be released to Christ. Right? We see in verse 40 that, that Martha has this confidence about her, this boldness about her. Right? She says, you know, Jesus, Lord, do, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? T 
tell her to help me. <laughs> she even says, Jesus, I need you to do this for me. I love the faith that she presents. Right now, now Martha actually missed the, the key point, right, which was to be with Jesus. The text says that she was distracted with much serving. I want to encourage you even in through this text. What if you examined your life right now? And what if you said, you know what, I can't let Jesus in, and I can't listen to Jesus because I'm too distracted. You could be there. But I really feel like God may be minimizing the windows of distraction in our lives so that we could actually listen. Now's the time, more than ever, to welcome him in, listen, cease from distraction, cease from busyness and preoccupation, and start to get preoccupied with Jesus. That's the desire of the Lord's heart. And I want to encourage you, talk to him. I love this verse in Philippians chapter 4. Maybe you're familiar with it. Maybe not. I want to read it to you. Philippians 4 verses 6 and 7 say this. Do not be anxious about anything. Come on, just receive that. Wherever you're at, just take that. Receive it. Do not be anxious about anything. Don't be anxious about coronavirus. Don't be anxious about your job. Don't be anxious about COVID-19. Don't be anxious about when your kids are going to go back to school. Don't be anxious about when you're going to go back to school. Don't be anxious how you're going to provide and make it. In fact, this Bible verse tells you to do not be anxious in such a way that you can tell your anxieties what to do. How about this? Don't let your anxieties tell you what to do. Your anxieties will say, you need to stay up longer. You need to think about this more. You need to worry more. But Jesus is saying, hey, don't be anxious about anything. But what does he tell us to do? In everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Make your requests known. Martha doesn't even hold back. Martha doesn't say, Jesus it is me, your humble servant. I am here, beloved, to worship you, but I have a request. <laughs> and that would be it. Would you teach my sister? She, Martha just says, hey, Jesus, what's up? <laughs> I need help. I need you to help me. Make your request known. Get real with God so he can get real with you. Invite him into your house. Listen to him speak. Share with them what's on your heart. Make your requests known. Talk to Jesus. Martha says, Jesus, I, I got a word. Make your request known. And here's what happens. Verse 7, the peace of God, it's going to surpass your understanding. I had some people tell me this at our charge group this past week. Right? We jumped on our charge group online on Zoom calls. We had all the little thumbnails of people's faces. It was a beautiful group. And it was so neat that certain people just said, you know what, I got laid off, but I don't know, I got peace. I don't understand how I have peace right now. In fact, other people don't understand how I have peace right now. I, I, I saw a Facebook status from somebody in our church family who's a nurse. And one of her coworkers said, are you nervous about everything? Are you anxious about everything? And she said, honestly, I'm not. How do you get to that place? I think it's when you get with your God, you invite him in, you listen to him. He says, don't worry, I got this under control. And then all of a sudden you're like, I got peace. 
He's bigger, he's stronger, he's louder. His pattern has shown that he always, in fact, plagues and diseases are nothing new to the Bible. In the book of Exodus, God used plagues to set people free. What's God doing in your life? I believe he's wanting to free you of certain things so that you can invite him in, listen to him, and talk to him. And peace that surpasses even your own understanding, this is a promise from God's word, will begin to cover and guard your heart. I think that's what it says, right? It says, we'll guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Your heart right now needs a guard. Your mind needs a guard. And here's the promise from God's word, that the peace that only comes from God will guard your heart and guard your mind in Christ when you exchange your anxieties for prayer, when you start listening and start talking to Jesus, supernatural things happen. And they will happen in your life too. We see that here in Mary and Martha's life. Let me go ahead and move us into the final point of this sermon. Here's the last point. We see welcome Jesus, listen to Jesus, talk to Jesus, and finally choose Jesus. I want to talk a little bit more. That may sound ambiguous, but I want, to, I want to talk a little bit more about what does it mean to choose Jesus? Why do we use that language in this text? Here's how this verse finishes up. We see the story concludes here in verse 41 and 42. It says, but the Lord answered her. Just know if you talk to Jesus that he's coming with an answer, right? God's answers are always one of three. God has an answer to our prayers always. Sometimes his answer is yes right now. Sometimes his answer is yes, but not yet. Sometimes his answer is, I got something better for you. And it's one of those three. Yeah, you know what? You ask for it, you're going to get it right now. Sometimes it's like, yeah, I'm going to get it for you. Just give give me a week. Give me three weeks. Sometimes it's God saying, hey, look, check this out. You're asking for something that's really lower than what I have for you. I got to give you what's best. So you can trust that God's will for your life is good, pleasing, and perfect. We talked about that on the proverb of the day, and there's more for us here in this passage. Here's Jesus's answer to Martha's, God, do you not care? And, and, and here's what Jesus would answer you today if you're like, God, do you not care? Do you not care about me and my family and my life? Or maybe you're saying, I always serve, but no one ever, no one ever gives me credit. I've known some Marthas. I've become a Martha over the years at times. I've noticed sometimes I'll be like, man, I'm doing all this and no one ever gives me a shout out. No one ever helps me. And, and, and do you not care about that, Lord? Right? Maybe, maybe you're sitting with a Martha right now. Don't elbow him, okay? <laughs> right? But here's Jesus' response. Check this out. It's so good. The Lord answered her, Martha, Martha. I love how Jesus gives her a double name shout out. Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things. Sounds like a lot of us right now. But one thing is necessary. Oh, what a word. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken away from her. Jesus says, Mary has chosen what is necessary. Let me ask you this right now. What's the necessary in your life? Think about it for a second. 
There's a lot of things happening, no doubt. But what is necessary? Necessary meaning it's the, it's the primary focus of my life. There's a lot of things to be troubled and anxious about, church. Don't get me wrong, we're feeling it as a church. There's a lot of things for us to be troubled and anxious about. You might be anxious that this live stream isn't working quite as well as it should right now. It's okay, you're gonna be able to watch it later. Don't be anxious and troubled about it. There's one thing that's necessary. What's the necessary? It's this fourth point. The thing that's necessary is that you choose Jesus. Right, Jesus tells Martha, Martha, you're troubled and anxious about many things, but Mary has chosen what's necessary, and that portion won't be taken away from her. The primary calling on our lives has always been the relationship we share with Christ. I love what David writes in Psalm 73. Psalm 73, verse 25 and 26 says, Whom have I in heaven but you? And there is nothing on earth that I desire besides you. What if we got there? Can you get there? Can you get to this place during this break, during this time of sitting and settling? You're not traveling as much. You're not going outside as much. You're not working as much. What if you got to a place with the psalmist where it says, you know what, in heaven all I have is you. And on earth nothing I desire but you. I think so. too often we have too many desires. Our desires are competing with the thing we're created for. And I think that's why there's so many people that are anxious and troubled and even depressed and stressed because their desires are for things that couldn't fill them in the first place. David in the Psalms here says this, heaven is going to be with you, God. And on earth, I desire nothing but you, God. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. Your portion, think about that. What's what's your portion? It's him. Jesus tells Martha, hey, Martha, look, you're troubled about a lot of things, but Mary's portion won't be taken from her. God also speaks about this in Lamentations chapter 3. We're digging deep today in the book of Lamentations. Yeah, dust that off. Lamentations chapter 3 says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Can I hear an amen? Amen. We need new new mercies today. We need a new steadfast love today. They don't come to an end. He goes on to say it like this. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion. He doesn't say my job is my portion. He doesn't say my bank account is my portion. He doesn't even say my health is my portion. He says the Lord is my portion. How are you going to make it through this? You're going to make it through it if the Lord is your portion. He He finishes. He says it like this. He says, my soul, therefore, I will hope in him. If your hope is in God, you're on the winning team. Your portion has to be him. Jesus says there's one thing that's necessary, and that's to to choose him. If we can quote one more time from Thabiti, I love it right here, and then we'll move into our conclusion, and it'll be quick. Thabiti, he says it like this. He says, the reason we're saved is to enjoy God. 
How about you say that with me right now, wherever you're watching this, let's, wa- let's say that together. The reason you're saved is to enjoy God. Look at the person next to you and say, friend, friend, the reason you're saved is to enjoy God. Some people think they're saved so they can have a ticket to go to heaven. Some people think they're saved so they can have something to put in a religious checkbox. That's not why you're saved. You're saved from some sin. You're saved from sin to enjoy God. That's why you're saved. He says the reason we're saved is to enjoy God, to sit with him, to listen to him, to talk with him, to treasure him as our inheritance. He says the Lord Jesus is the good portion we should choose before or instead of being busy with all kinds of acts of service, that he's the good portion. And so let me put all four points on the screen. Let's go ahead and talk about these just for a moment. The first point is to welcome Jesus. Second point is to listen to Jesus. Third point is to talk to Jesus. And the fourth point is to choose Jesus. Jesus says she chose the better portion. What's the better portion? Jesus. What did Mary choose? She chose Jesus. Now, now, Jesus never at this point does he condemn serving. Never does he condemn acts of service or cleaning the house or getting stuff ready or hospitality. Jesus doesn't condemn any of those things. In fact, all types of places in the Bible say those things are good. Jesus in this place in his rebuke toward Martha, he does not rebuke those things or what she was doing. In fact, those things are good. He just says those things should never jump in place of Jesus because the truth is if you do all those things, you'll probably never get to Jesus. I don't know about you, but I've tried to do everything first and say I'll get to Jesus last and I fell asleep before I got there. And, And Jesus is saying, hey, The right choice is to choose me, welcome me, listen to me, talk to me, spend time with me, and that'll shape the way you do everything else. Now, you might be thinking right now that that sounds good, but I need a handlebar. I need a a way to do, I need a means on how to do this well, because if I just leave it up to myself, I probably won't do it. Join the club. So what we've done is we've created a challenge. You know I'm the king of challenges. I want to challenge you this morning. If you're ready for the challenge, say I'm ready. Here's the challenge I want to give you. I'm calling it 24 in 24, prioritizing what's necessary. 24 in 24. At first I thought, what would it look like to tithe from your day, to take 10% of your day and give it to the prioritization of spending time with Jesus. And I thought, man, that sounds like a whole lot. Over two hours, um, man, that's gonna be a lot of time spent with Jesus, but really, is it that much? Honestly, what if we just go, we went ahead and we said, let's just start, we don't gotta go zero to 100, but what if we went zero to five? I wanna challenge you, starting today, to take 24 minutes a day and to spend time with Jesus to prioritize 24 minutes of your 24 hours. I hope we can do this, church. I really believe it's gonna change your life. 24 minutes in 24 hours in spending prioritizing time with Jesus. Now you might think, well, how do I use that 24 well? We got you, we got you. Let me give you some tips. Here's how I'm gonna do it. 
I'm going to spend the first five minutes in worship. We've created a worship playlist for you. We've taken all the songs that we've been singing over the past three months, and we've placed them into a Spotify playlist. You can also find them on Apple Music or YouTube. We're also going to post on our social media the different song sets. We're going to post the songs we sang today. I want you to take that first five minutes, pick a song, and listen to it, and soak in it, and worship God with it. Get by yourself five minutes time with Jesus, worshiping the Lord. Join with the angels. You're going to be singing in heaven. Start singing now. Then I want you to take the next 10 minutes to read God's word. If you ever want to hear God speak out loud, just read your Bible out loud. Let him speak to you. God has spoken clearly and most authoritatively through his word. So I want you to take five minutes to worship, 10 minutes to read God's word. And here's where my challenge is that we're all together as a church during this time are gonna read through the gospel of Matthew. Maybe you're thinking, where should I start? And here's what I, what, I, what I found. I felt like the Lord lead me to this. Pick the first book in the New Testament that talks about Jesus and spend time with him. So today, tomorrow, whenever you choose to start, I'm gonna start today. Find time, 24 minutes, open up to Matthew 1 and just read the first chapter. Get through the genealogy of Jesus, but then get into the Christmas story fresh and let God speak to you. All right, what happens after I read? I want to encourage you to journal. Yeah, journal. Get your notebook out, get your phone notepad out, and spend some time journaling what God spoke to you. We call it a W map. Write down the word, meditate on it, write down what God shows you when you meditate, write down how you can apply it, and write down a short prayer five minutes of journaling, and finally, after that, four minutes of prayer. Just take four minutes to pray about what God's doing in your life. Who should I pray for? Pray for yourself. Pray for your family. Pray for your friends. Pray for your church. Pray for the city. Pray for the nations. Pray for our leaders and officials and governing authorities. Pray, pray, pray. That's 24 minutes we're going to post this guide on our social media so you can also see how we're going to do 24 and 24. And I guarantee it, if I'm wrong, come find me and, and I want to talk with you about it because I, get, I can guarantee this, that if you take the 24 and 24 challenge for the next 28 days, that's how long the Gospel of Matthew is. Read the proverb of the day and take this 24 and 20. If you don't grow closer to Jesus, then I want, to, I want to have a discussion with you. I want to get to know what happened. I, I want to challenge you. I, this is a guarantee that this is going to help you and help you choose the necessary, prioritizing the necessary. Amen? Final four points. Welcome Jesus. Listen to Jesus. Talk to Jesus. Choose Jesus 24 and 24. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you in Jesus' name, for how you moved today. And God, I do ask you, Lord, to help us. If there's somebody who doesn't know you, I pray that they would know that you died on the cross for all their sin, that you rose from the grave and you defeated death and hell. And Jesus, you're coming back again. If somebody needs to receive you right now, I pray they would, and that they would let our hosts know online 
they'd send us an email. They would say, yes, today I received Jesus. Today I got saved. Today I welcomed him into my life. That he died, he paid for all your past, present, and future sin. He rose, he defeated Satan and hell. He is coming again. Get on his team. Choose the necessary right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.